0: Hello! Welcome to series five, episode ten of the Prompted by Nature Podcast. Um, I hope you're doing well on this uh lovely, I hope, day for you. So before I go on to the episode, as always, we've got the action point. If you're here in the UK, you might have heard about the debacle that's going on at Dartmoor over land access and land ownership, and the fact that in the UK, in England, sorry, we now do not have any right to roam. So there is no space where you can wild camp. The Right to Roam campaign, I've mentioned it before was set up by a previous guest Nick Hayes and it's got loads of information in there on, on the website about the campaign, how you can help it move forward at this time with this specific campaign. So if, if you're in the UK, if you're in England and you want to find out more please just go to their website it's uk, and all of the information is there. So on to today's episode. Um, So today I have the pleasure of introducing lovely Moya Lloyd of the Boundary Way Project in Wolverhampton. I first heard about the Boundary Way Project and their work on Instagram during lockdown, and I've been inspired by their creativity and arts projects ever since. This episode in particular is quite close to my heart. Um, I've spoken hear about my work with the Benford Valley Project and I came away from the conversation with Moya with so many ideas for creative initiatives that we could run at the project. Um, it really was a pleasure to speak with Moya who is a quiet powerhouse of creativity and inspiration I think. She is a visual artist with a passion for and background in community arts. Moya studied history of art and fine art and uses these two disciplines to inform her work with Boundary Way Project for which she is the project lead. Boundary Way Project evolved through a series of arts and heritage projects inspired by people, nature and place at the Boundary Way Allotments and Community Garden where it's been based since 2015. Through the Boundary Way Project, Moya works with a diverse and wide wide range of the community, organising arts events and projects such as art exhibitions, creative workshops and health and wellbeing sessions. In this conversation we discuss Moya's work at Boundary Way Project, Her creative background and how she came to work in community arts, making art accessible and moving away from elitism in the arts, using found materials to help reduce materials costs, connecting with her family history through creativity, what the Boundary Way project is, what they do and how Moya got involved, the importance of connecting people with their creativity through nature... The Boundary Way Writers Group Initiative, the biggest challenges and biggest joys that Moya has encountered with the project, how Boundary Way Project inspires her creativity and lots more. All of the pieces that Moya speaks about in the episode are on the episode page on my website. I've also popped a link in the show notes notes about the research that Moya mentions in the episode that makes the link between creativity and cultivating deeper relationships with the natural world. You can find the Boundary Way Project on www.boundaryway.co.uk and then there's a link through to the project website there and on the socials at Boundary Way Project and Moya can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Arts and Health. So the episodes that would go really well, I think, with this one are... Actually, there's three from the first series. <laughs> so the first one is the first ever um, conversation episode I did with Anna Newbert Wood, which was Series 1, Episode 2A, Creating Sisterhood in the Wild. The second is the same series, Episode 8A, Ian Solomon Kowal, aka KMT, Biodiversity, Creativity and Safe Space in Urban Settings. The same series, Episode 9A, Lucy Jones, Where Our Minds Need the Wild. And then Series 5, Episode 5A, Bella Goncharovic, Grow, Cook, Die, Wear. As always, I'm over at www.promptedbynature.co.uk where you can find all the episodes to the podcast, writing prompts, my own writing. And there's also a link there to my newly relaunched Substack newsletter. I'm also at prompted.by.nature on Instagram. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Happy listening and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.
1: Hi, uh, my name's Moya Lloyd and I'm um, a creative freelance creative producer and um, I lead the Boundary Way project which is based at an allotments um, and community garden in Wolverhampton uh, which is in the West Midlands. Um, I've been involved there since around 2015 and um, my background is in community arts um, so, so Uh, Prior to this, for for quite a long time, I've been in different roles where I've been creating and managing community projects, which has ranged from being an arts development officer with local authorities, um, including things like working um, with the NHS around uh, arts and health and the use of the arts in things like health promotion and supporting arts for health and wellbeing. Um, I've also got a background in teaching in adult education and um and also in, in uh working in galleries. Um and I'm really passionate about I suppose making the arts accessible and also using creativity to support well-being. Um, Boundary Way has been a really exciting place and project to be involved in because so it brings together my my passion for um for the arts um and nature and well being, all those all those three things mm. to, um brought together and it's an amazing setting and it's led to so many interesting um partnerships and, and ways of working.
0: Cool. So just kind of your background is so fascinating, like you know, the scope of what of what you've been doing with your i guess with your creativity i'd love to hear how it how you kind of got to that like your creative journey if you like whether you've always been creative what your kind of preferred creative practice is if you have one um yeah i'd love to i'd love to hear a bit about how you got to this point um yeah i have always been interested in creativity since I was a child um
1: in um in visual arts in drawing and painting as is my um where I started and my background so as a child I enjoyed drawing and painting I always loved art I loved art at school um I always had in my head that I'd do something to do with art but had absolutely no idea what what that would be or what there was to do really (laughs) um I studied went to university and did did a, a combination of um visual arts um, which is fine art practice with history of art as well so i really enjoyed both i really loved um finding out about artists and looking at the historical context and the role that artists had in the in in the time and how they related to what was go, going on politically um and then i continued to study history of art um with a postgraduate degree as well um when I left uni I wanted to work in an art gallery curating exhibitions and uh, and I, I I did work for a local um gallery um for a while and got loads of experience um um in all aspects of um kind of being in a gallery, marketing, putting exhibitions together. Um, working with the local community and and it was from then that I really decided that it was the community angle that I enjoyed I enjoyed being in a place where people were coming to exhibitions they weren't necessarily people that went to art galleries um, but we were we were doing exhibitions which engaged with uh, the local community within the area where where we were and that that became a, a passion and rather than the was often an elitism around around art and maybe particularly from art my art history background um, and I really wanted to move away from that and through working in a gallery I got to got to know more artists and got involved in the local artistic community and I think that made me think made me get back to doing my own my own creative work as well and I started um well continued to make work and just exhibit it locally um so you're asking me about my own creative practice I'm a visual artist um I make work um which is a lot of it's inspired by my family history and I really like things that are I think it became out of necessity when I left university because I was just managing on what you know, without investing loads of money in art materials. So I use found materials and just um, whatever comes to hands. But uh, over over years, I've realised that that is what what's important about my work because they're things that have meaning. So I keep lots. I realise that I just keep lots of papers, <laughs> papers and things, and some of these are special. Family memories, things that were belonging to my grandparents, and uh, and I use these in collages and build build up layers. Um, so these reflect my my family history, and I quite I'm quite interested in spontaneity and play in arts as well. Um, so things that are very um, I don't know this no um I've got I know it's I know this isn't going out visually but I have got
0: I've got some examples here to show you well you Um, can yeah show them to me now and then and then if you take photos I can put them in the show notes that would be brilliant I can
1: always send you send you pictures yeah
0: yeah, that'd be
1: amazing so these these that I did uh, I know well I know you're on Instagram there's lots of kind of things like collage prompts on it on Instagram and mm-hmm. other social media where people share um share collages and I took part, I've taken part in some of these over the years um let's see so oh, this wow. is just just shows an example of the kind the kind of things I like to combine so this image here is um is something I did as a child on a spirograph <laughs> do you remember the spirograph I do you, you kind of Moves, move the paint round and it makes these patterns there's loads of different kinds of spirographs and I loved those and then this was me mu- uh some music which uh, I think was my, my both my parents loved music so that was a part of my childhood and um I love wood grain a bit obsessed with mm. wood grain rubbings and also the, the use of um rubbing another thing that goes back to childhood because i remember i know we all at school did like textural rubbings of things i don't know whether you remember doing that Mm, with crayons yeah it's quite a simple method but then kind of get you get lovely textures and then there's another layer you can't see oh you can there this is um a dress a making pattern which was something that was my grandma's oh wow so
0: um I just love all nostalgic things brought in yeah. collage seems a, a, a good way of yeah but, well just for the benefit of this mm-hmm. is we'll call that image one and I'll put it on the website as image one
1: and then I've used different printmaking techniques as well to combine um with the collage so I mean this collagraph which is actually kind of method of making a collage and then printing printing from it so I've used that I've done, i did one which was from um, my grandma's sewing box I had like buttons and bits of elastic and things and actually made them into a collage and then prints printed from that so there's lovely textures I suppose yeah really really into texture as well
0: I love that you're using things that already exist to create new things like I think that can be such like like you know you were talking about art and you know access to the arts I guess I love the idea that you don't actually have to spend any money to make something really beautiful and meaningful like you don't have to have all of the equipment and all of the um, materials and supplies you can literally just it's that concept of starting where you are isn't it
1: yeah definitely
0: yeah that's always appealed to me i'll just show you a couple of
1: others just to show you the different things mm. i've done this is this demonstrates <laughs> my <laughs> obsession with rubbing and the, the wood grain patterns and again this is this is layers of um the um making pattern um this was inspired by a visit to wales and uh, i suddenly realized that the um the shapes on the wood grain that you see on wood grain were very much like the distant Welsh mountains, so I combine that um, with a, the curlew, the bird that I mm. could see on the on the beach with the, um, the mountains in the background, but again it was the rubbings were taken from the floor in the cottage where I stayed for a time, so it's all kind of different
0: layers of meaning. I love that the the wood grain to me actually looks like so we'll call this one image 2 so if listeners want to go and have a look at it the wood grain is like the bottom of the wood grain looks actually to me looks like water like ripples in the water and then the the top of it looks like the mountains it's almost like there's a depth and all you've done is do a rubbing of a of a piece of wood <laughs> and you've got all of this depth there yeah, again, it was like an
1: accidental discovery, really. Mm. And then just to show you the, the different things that have come into my work, when my son was a bit younger, he I used some of his drawings and he loved dinosaurs. Aww. He's a teenager now, yeah. he wants to collaborate <laughs> um, <laughs> with Just combining some of his drawings and some of the games we used to do with the dinosaurs. Um, They're all kind of telling a story, I suppose. Mm. um And then, more recently, although this is a couple of years ago now, we did a project, a big project around fungi at Boundary Way. So so these are really small, actually. This is um, this is just a print from a a mushroom. Oh, beautiful! (laughs) Um, a spore print with the mushroom ink. Um which is really simple but then these are collages that were just made with a combination of a um a leaf leaf i had about fungi and different botanical images book pages i use a lot that's another thing sometimes which has special memories or these are very kind of gardening
0: fungi themed ones
1: mm. oh they're beautiful but they're,
0: they're really beautiful. beautiful i definitely encourage anyone listening life. to go and have a look because they're lovely so you you kind of mentioned you know oh you know this was from a project we did with uh boundary way project what um I would love to hear about how boundary way project came about your kind of involvement in it um what you do at boundary way project and kind of why you do it I just I just love I'd love to hear all about it
1: (laughs) okay um so I got involved at Boundary Way, um, initially because an artist who was doing some work there, um, asked me about funding because applying for funding is one of the things that I've done in my role over the years, and um, ended up working with her to um, uh, while well, I put a bid to, together for um, funding from the Heritage Lottery Fund, and that we that happened in 2016, and that funding was all about i suppose using um the site of well exploring the site of boundary way um and uh, and its heritage um and It kind of combined with also looking at how artists have been inspired by Boundary Way. So just to put it in context, um, Boundary Way, it is on a boundary. It's at the edge of the city of Oldhampton and it borders a much more rural uh, county, uh, Staffordshire, well, specifically South Staffordshire. Um, So it's really interesting. It's It's on an incline. Um, so there's a lovely view from the top um, across to Staffordshire and Shropshire, and uh, it's kind of a lovely perspective of the looking at the city of Wolverhampton and uh, and, and across the the rural landscape as well. Um, and it's it's also unique in that it's got this community garden which was developed. I mean, it's been developed more, well well over twenty years ago now, um, where the allotment had some funding to um, develop a space for the community to, to use. Um, so it's there's um, a storytelling space and there's a woodland area. There's an enormous polytunnel, which is not just used for growing, but it was built as an education space for school groups and different people to, to use. Um, at the time that I was first involved, it had... I think there'd it, been people managing it, um, but that, you know, funding had gone and um, it, it, it was a little bit disused. So um, we found that by programming um, events, it was the impetus for um, for the space to be used more. Um, so, yeah, just to get back to explaining a bit more about what that project was about, um, we actually researched the history of the allotments, working with a a leading um, allotment historian called twigs way um and found out more about the site which was opened from the 1950s kind of legacy of the second world war and when people were growing um neat, having to dig up dig up the gardens and grow veg but also it was part of it was created as part of a, a housing estate that was built after the war which warehouses were were given to um so ex-soldiers and their families and the people in the houses were um, were given um, an allotment as well to look after. So that's how it started. And through the funding, we were able to investigate the setting, uh, working with people with um, different creative skills Um so um and we also involved local schools so uh we worked with uh, artists and looked at ways of working that were relevant to the site and the landscape so that might be using found materials in nature um using printmaking techniques to capture the textures drawing in the landscape um so i suppose it was all about Discovering that particular sense of place which um, people enjoyed uh, at boundary way um, and sharing that um, through open days and exhibitions where people could come along and uh, and find out more about the history and the space and uh, respond to the landscape
0: mm. and so do you do you work with kind of different groups? from the community? Yeah, I mean, I should I should at first
1: maybe, again, to put it into context. The Boundary Way project is one thing that's at Boundary Way, but um, as well as the, the project that I'm involved in, it is an allotment where there's quite a lot of different community groups involved. Um, we've got a group called Crafty Gardener, who uh, work with um, adults with learning disabilities and various other groups uh, with support needs doing horticulture and creative activities. Um, there's a local um, Centre, the Beacon Centre for the Blind that um, have a, an allotment and they um, work with people um, with visual impairment and uh, use horticulture um, with there's um there's now a um a play cafe um wool's play cafe it's called um who are a team that work um, with early years doing outdoor nature play um there's an nhs group that work with people with dementia um using the horticulture to support uh, health and well-being so there's a there's a whole community of activities
0: there of which uh, we are we are one of them. Mm. I was just thinking in terms of your you know the work that you do there and the people that you work with from your perspective why do you think creativity is an important tool for connecting communities with nature but also vice versa why is nature an important tool for connecting communities with their own creativity
1: um yeah I mean I think creativity is is so important for connecting people because it's a way of engaging with people that's accessible and there's different different ways you can do this I mean ranging from um, for example school groups um, have visited the community garden and they're kind of involved in this immersive experience that takes them out of the classroom there's like a a physicality of being able to touch things and explore and run about and 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 play Um, and I was talking about Collage and rubbings—that's one of one of the things that we we've we've done with with school groups, actually getting them to experience that texture and using methods like um, crayon rubbings to, uh, to capture that, um, using um, photography, um, and then things with with other groups. We've we've done, for example, sketching in the landscape where people can explore, and re- and, and again it gets. Down to that kind of immersive experience. We actually had a a local um, sketching group come just before Christmas on one of those really icy days where the ground was covered in in snow, and um, it was uh, you know they were so excited about experiencing the landscape when it was it was actually really beautiful in the snow, uh, snow and the ice. Um, so again, it's that feeling of, of being outside and experiencing being connected with nature and the things that I've got really interested in over the years I've been involved in Boundary Way is the growing evidence base that's um actually by using creativity um and we can connect with nature more you know there's um there's a lot of research that's happened at Derby University, led by um, Miles Richardson, where he's identified that we can, can if we do things like um study the landscape when we might be working on a drawing or painting, or maybe taking a photograph or writing a poem, it, it makes us more connected with nature than we would be if we were perhaps just walking around in nature and there's a there's a strong um the growing evidence evidence evidence-based base to demonstrate that so that really interests me and obviously that that relates very much to what we're doing because all all of the time we're looking at different ways that we can um get people to um experience nature whether that's through uh poetry through printmaking um, through sketching, painting, dyeing, dyeing fabric with with uh, plants um, and <clears throat> botanical ink making and uh, making um, different tools for mark making using found natural objects. We've worked with um, some artists, uh, land artists um, who um, kind of like Andy Goldsworthy style, made um, beautiful sculptural forms using found natural objects from the uh, landscape at Boundary Way. So there's a whole a kind of endless possibilities of how we can engage creatively mm. with the landscape. Mm.
0: And what what's the kind of difference you've seen in the people that you've worked with in terms of? Because I love what you said about there being a growing evidence base that says that when we engage creatively with nature we deepen our connection to it because I think I think for a lot of us kind of creatives who do spend a lot of time outside or in, in nature in some way we kind of already know that but it's one of those things that you have to have the scientific proof in order for it to make any difference in terms of like education and stuff like that but I'd love to hear your kind of own stories about the difference that you've seen in the people that you've worked with whether that be young people or otherwise and kind of how how they might have changed from from doing the works the the projects the things that you're offering
1: um one of the things that um that's the boundary i've been involved in is working with um a, a special school which is right next to the site um and it's it's for um children and young people with learning disabilities and quite complex needs and um, I've worked with the the head of art there and um, one of our plot holders has has worked um, with children from there on an ongoing basis doing uh, growing activities and through both the growing activities and the creativity we've really seen children build their build their confidence Um one of the groups at the school there's they've got a, a very small sixth form um and some of the some of the young people in the sixth form have got particularly complex needs and um this happened before lockdown they uh, they actually were given a plot at boundary Way where they had their own sixth form plots and it became essential um focus for the curriculum where they'd come every week several times a week and they'd, they'd look after it and that kind of gave them uh, independence and helped them work as a team um through um through creativity again they they had the chance to be immersed in the in the landscape um you know, there's a lot, a lot about mind mindfulness now. I know on the spring watch and winter watch, they have mindful mindful moments, don't they? We we've done that kind of thing where we encourage them to just stop and listen to the to the sounds sounds of nature, and you know, switch off and focus. So I suppose a lot of it is about focusing. But also, we've we've found that they've created some really exciting work. Um using um again accessible things that they can do um iPad photography has been one of those and <clears throat> again encouraging them to be in the landscape you know to lie down look at different angles looking looking up looking close up at nature so it's, uh, it's both creative and it's encouraging to really look closely and connect with nature um so all of these things being being able to be creative and, and being out in the landscape confidence and the other thing that I suppose we've done through the project is we've then been able to present the work that the children have um, created in public exhibitions Um, and we've done several um, we love using the as and exhibition space and we've done several um, open days and presentations where we've been able to display their work and their families have come we've also done sessions where um, some of the children that we've worked with creatively have then invited um, other classes from the school to show them what they've learned, and also to actually demonstrate through creative workshops. So they learn a skill, and then they pass it on to their, their peers. and <clears throat> So that's been a lovely, a, a lovely way of, I suppose, being. The school being engaged in the community, and the children building their confidence and being able to pass that on to other people.
0: Mm. And I wonder, it feels like, like when you're talking and and talking about this project, it just sounds so exciting, but also like instilling that sense of pride in their own work, but also, um, giving them a sense of. Perhaps ownership is too strong a word, but a sense of feeling like they're part of that space and it is a part of you know they belong there in that sort of sense, because I think it's very easy to feel like oh i i I can't go there because x, y or Z, but you giving them this opportunity is opening that up um yeah, it's so wonderful. Yeah, I think yeah you're right. That sense of ownership is, a, I think, a really
1: important part of the project, and that's something I've thought about over the over the years. That um, it is kind of allowing the pe- people that maybe come and take part in projects or just come and visit us for the day to feel that it it can be their space. Um, you know, I'm you know I'm just as much an outsider to the space as anyone else. Really, it's um. um you know I I have been a plot holder for a short time but I'm not I'm not at the moment um so the, there's the people that have plots there there's groups that use it and then there's you know I mean it isn't completely accessible to the public because like most allotments it does does have to be locked but it is open regularly it's normally open at the week, week um sometime at the weekends uh there's a local walkers group that that come and use it once a week so i suppose it's there for for groups to to come and go and for when we have open days and events for the general public
0: to um to access it as well mm. Mm. and i sort of i guess i sort of feel like it's not just solely centered on the boundary way perhaps you know by being a part of a project with you it's opening up all of these green spaces giving young people or whoever it is a sense of yeah connection to outdoor spaces whether it be boundary way or you know somewhere else that's that's close to them that sense of like oh do you remember when you know they start to hold memories don't they like oh do you remember when you know I'm looking at that oak tree do you remember when we did a rubbing of an oak tree at Boundary Way or what you know I'm just you know giving an example but it you start to build memory in collaboration with the land if you know what I mean like and then that's when the connection comes I think
1: yeah I think and I think particularly actually over lockdown we, we yeah. developed working in a new ways and then I suppose it became more generic about connecting with nature generally rather than mm-hmm. specific at boundary way because um, um I couldn't go to boundary Way during that period of lockdown when we could only go a certain distance away mm-hmm. from our homes I was far far away to go and uh, we we got funding through the Cultural Recovery Fund and we we started working online. So we looked at ways of um of that nature um promoting that nature connection online and it, it's it been quite exciting because we've reached out to a whole new audience, not just the people that were visiting us at Boundary Way, but um one of the uh, the things that I've particularly enjoyed is um we've we've now got a Boundary Way writers group that exists online. And that was something that evolved during during lockdown. Um kind of started because we there's there's quite a a strong um strong writing tradition in the city of Wolverhampton with uh, with quite a lot of writers' groups. And we'd already we we through the funding we had in lockdown we'd worked with the then poet laureate for wolfhampton um Emma purse House, who we've still continued to work with, and she was really keen to to uh respond to the setting and I was really keen to work with uh with poets so actually even though we couldn't be at the site, we managed to commission um well, Emma and um, and two other local poets to create a poem, poems responding to the setting, which were then made into films. And then we also commissioned another group, the Punjabi women's writers group, who were in Wolverhampton, um, to to uh, respond to the place as well. So we also set up um, the writing workshops initially with with uh, Emma. Um and managed to attract people from across the region different parts of the country and even internationally to come to our nature inspired writers groups um that is so, so cool that was, that was really exciting
0: mm.
1: and uh the boundary way writers group has now been in existence for two years i think we we're hoping in, in um next month to be part of Wolhampton Literature Festival, which will be our third appearance. Oh wow. Um so there's about maybe about ten regular people, um, but different people that dip in and I've got to say they're all amazingly talented writers mm. and many of them are- run their own writing groups and do quite a lot of re, re- um reading of their work um anyway. But it, it's again it's accessible. Anybody can come, you don't have to have any experience of, of writing. And it's led by the group now who we, we take it in turns to run um a nature based prompt each session. And then as I can with funding we get special we we, we can get special guests to come and
0: come and do um oh. activities now and again when we can that sounds so fun I love that um <laughs> definitely right up my street <laughs> um so I would love to hear kind of or uh, about kind of taking a step back from boundary way project I guess and thinking about your work there kind of over the years creatively what what if anything you may not have had any challenges but have you faced any challenges setting up and running boundary way project, and conversely, any joys like the biggest challenge and the biggest joy
1: um yeah, there are challenges, and yeah, this is probably quite an obvious one, but um maintaining the ongoing footing has been been quite a challenge, and that that's been my my role um and we you know we've done quite well with it the' the first project that I told you about that was that was ongoing for around two years so that was quite a good chunk of time to 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 get into some sustained work um and then we've had funding through Arts Council um lockdown as I as I've said um for unexpected developments (laughs) it was very challenging at the beginning because I just couldn't I just created a I spent a lot of time working on an application which two weeks later said, oh, we're not not doing that funding anymore. (laughs) It was just abandoned. Um, It was a very difficult time. Um, But but then there was new opportunities with emergency funding and then there was the Cultural Recovery Fund, which actually led to between 2020 and going up to um, about a year ago, um, so kind of two years of funding um which allowed us to work online and then as um lockdown easing started we were able to gradually um go back to the working on site, which we're still in the process of going back to um doing more of that now. But it is it's really opened up our um our chance to develop partnerships with our local community and further beyond which moves me on to the joys i think i think one of the best things for me has been um making those connections and um i've I've mentioned we've worked with um local local schools we work connected with other local um arts um, community organizations Um, we've recently worked on a project with Northampton Art Gallery. Um, we've worked on a project with funding, which was through Kew Gardens, and we went, to, we went to visit Kew. We worked on a project, I think I mentioned before, around fungi. That w- This was the one that was supported um, through Kew Gardens. We worked collaboratively with a mycologist, and we brought together artists and scientists to explore fungi, so again, it was connecting what we could see on our site, but then we went. Um, me and uh one, one of the uh, the artists that we worked with went and uh, went and visited the fungarium at uh, Kew Gardens, um which was really, really exciting. And um we um we we did a community project which involved artists, scientists and schools. Um, to look at both the science of fungi, but also how fungi was such a creative in- inspiration to people, um, which involved uh, an exhibition where we'd got fungi textiles, we'd got uh, school science projects, um, we'd got um, microscopic drawings of uh, fungi, um, sketches in the landscape, um ink making um whole whole range of things so that those kind of partnerships are really exciting and then as i mentioned the the most recent project with Wolfhampton art gallery was also a um an international partnership with an organization called the tomorrow who were in new york
0: and their um climate yes. storytelling organization I know of I know if um, I know if dear tomorrow through I work with a group called Parents for Future and and we've done some stuff with dear tomorrow as well I love that I love that connection yeah, yeah so uh, so that was that was again a really
1: exciting opportunity to 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 link for you know further afield and the the exhibition at Warhampton Art Gallery is still on it's been extended so that's on uh the uh, so sort of 12th of February. So we were one of the community partners for the exhibition ourselves and uh, another organisation called Gattis Community Space in Wolverhampton. Um, and then through that we were able to commission some of the artists that we'd worked with, um, to respond to the kind of telling stories around climate change and engaging with local people. Um, and that involved a commission with an artist called Com Actual, um, which is called Forecast, um, which specifically looks at climate change in a local context of the Black country. Um, and then we also worked with our now new Poet Laureate, Kuli uh and some of her colleagues from the Punjabi writers who who wrote new work. Um, inspired by Combs' piece, which also which responded to um, the increasing use of plastic um, in our gardens and how destructive that is to the environment. Um, and then we also worked with our writers group, who've just written the most ev- evocative and powerful poem letters, um, letters to the future, the dear, dear tomorrow letter poems. Which is a really amazing body of work that we're hoping to show at the Literature Festival in Wolverhampton next month. So share, and um, and we've also um, shared it online, and we're hoping to create a permanent archive of it. So it's um, it's been really really good to be able to share such powerful powerful work and and get local people involved in that and anybody can can write a a dear tomorrow uh, letter Mm -hmm. and it can be submitted as as you know and it can Mm -hmm. be submitted to
0: their archive Mm. I've just realized that that exhibition is the one that one of my colleagues in parents for future was working on Sandra
1: oh yes yeah Yes, yes we've been working Sandra
0: yeah yeah because yeah. a couple of yeah, people so, yeah, were like oh Sandra I went way. to the yeah. I went to the exhibition and oh that's so funny oh I didn't realize I'm going to tell her
1: <laughs> yeah so Sand, yeah Sandra curated the exhibition and yeah. then we worked in partnership with and she she's visited Boundary Way and then yeah she said that Sandra and two of her colleagues from New York um came um nelly and jill they came over from new york to visit boundary way in november when we had an open day and dear tomorrow exhibition on our
0: site so oh, that's I love really that. exciting i love that um so i would love to hear kind of moving sort of back to you i would really love to hear about your own connection to nature like what is it about being in a natural space or an outdoor space that inspires you or just what how 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 does nature kind of inform your creative work your life how does it enrich them I'd love to hear a bit about your your own connection
1: I think it I think it's like an innate thing really I think I've always enjoyed nature um so I suppose my art has has always been inspired by nature I've always always loved plants i've always liked gardening like many people i did more walks than ever in lockdown and again realized even more how important nature was and now i know that there's there's evidence that uh just being outside um improves your well-being which i didn't really you know i knew it but now there's there's um the science behind it isn't there I love the I've always liked getting my hands in the soil and now I know that there's you know actually getting in your your, your hands in the soil has got kind of positive chemical effects as well Mm. it's not just
0: that I liked doing it there was reason why I was drawn to it Mm. it's always nice to know there's a reason isn't there oh that's the reason I like it oh that's the Mm. reason it makes me feel centered or calm or and so before I move on to the kind of last um, couple of questions that I tend to ask people, I'd love to know about you. Kind of talked about your creative practice earlier, but how that looks on a kind of daily basis? Because it it's that you're quite immersed in Boundary Way Project, and honestly, mm-hmm. like as someone that runs a a community project, you know, with a green uh, for a green space, I just find your work so inspiring. Like I'm just sitting here going, "Oh, we could do that! No, that's amazing." But I would love to know how your creative practice looks on a day-to-day basis, whether it is every day, or you know how how it kind of moves and shifts, and if you have any sort of creative blocks, if you experience them, how you might kind of overcome them.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm always interested in the uh, you know the, it's like creativity as in making work, but to me, running things like the boundary way project is a is a creative outlet in itself i think i thrive on um working with other people and making those connections and working with artists and being able to come up with ideas for the commissions so to me it's a very blurred line between me being a practitioner and me being a events organizer and project lead if that makes sense I just really i really enjoy both and uh, you know i gotta say i do i do less of my actual there's periods when of inspiration and that often comes from me organizing a workshop that mm-hmm. i then um take part in myself mm-hmm. um I've actually taken part in two online um painting and drawing workshops um this week <laughs> which has uh, have kind of got me going on creativity um again um and then i want to mention um another group that's um started with boundary way but it has become an independent thing now and that's called Amazing. the ink ink collective um, oh. which um that emerged from again from lockdown um working with an artist who's a birmingham based artist called carolyn morton and she's developed a practice over several years now where she she uses, she creates and makes botanical inks. And she also works on her own allotment, which is in uh, Birmingham, and she grows things that she can make ink with. Um uh, I, when we had funding in lockdown, I was able to commission her to do um, an online workshop demonstrating her processes of making ink and also um, making a short film showing her allotments and showing her uh, studio, and um, and this led to um, people being interested in ink making, and uh, and then at Caroline's suggestion, we had a further session um, where just to just to explore with people that wanted to um look at the process further. And it then evolved into exchanging work that we create via via the post, uh, making postcards and we now set set themes, which are all seasonal uh themes, There's seven of us in the group, and we send send each other um postcards inspired by whatever theme we're working on and then we meet up virtually and uh and share share what we've what we've done but it's been a, a really uh inspiring and creative way of connecting so we people from di- different backgrounds sharing their skills and their enthusiasm for natural making
0: i love the idea that you meet virtually and play with ink <laughs> There's something really lovely about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, it's all about play, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just before we finish, I've got a couple of questions that I ask everybody. So the first one is, is there a lesson that you've learnt either from life or running a Boundary Way project that um, you would like to share with others?
1: I'd say that the thing that's really important to me in my, in my work is, is that um, kind of joined up approach and the connections you know I think it's always good to connect with people that are working in a completely different way to you uh, you know the collaborations that we've done with scientists that boundary way and and to kind of think in a in a longer term way i think it's so difficult with arts projects when you're scr- scrabbling for funding scrap scrabbling is that the right word um to you know think of things short term but i think that the fact that boundary ways evolved over several years now has made me um i suppose i'm always thinking in a longer term way rather than just a short term project and when you when you have that sustained involvement with a project it it helps you to do that because you can continue connections yes. the fact that we've in recent years developed a link with our you know our art gallery in our city and we've now done an ex worked in collaboration with them and there's an exhibition and we've worked with julie's bicycle who you probably know of yeah uh, i have London. I've heard of them yeah and they, they they obviously work nationally and internationally um yeah we've we we worked with them in our in an early project where they they came to support us with sustainability and they gave us all kinds of inspiration and helped us with our evaluation when we were quite an early stage looked at all the potential for um for how we can work sustainably and, and also how know the power of using creativity to engage with people around climate change which I mm-hmm. think with the recent work we did uh, we've very very directly engaged with that and you know to have those kind of important organizations as a as an inspiration That I think that's that's been uh, I think that's what spurs me on that mm-hmm. there's there's uh there's so much so much we can do and so many connections we can make.
0: Mm, I love that. As you were speaking, I was thinking of like a spider's web, how it starts in the middle and then it starts to work its way out. And that's what makes it strong is that it's not just this kind of small thing. It kind of stretches out in all directions. I mean, that's applicable to so many things I think, but yeah, I love, I love, I love what you said about that connectivity and how, you know other groups feeding in and you feeding yeah I, that makes perfect sense I love that and so what would you like to see happen in the future what's your vision
1: that's a big question isn't it yeah, um, yeah I mean it's such such a difficult time at, at the moment isn't it we've facing so many challenges um I think I suppose one thing just looking at the city web boundary Way is in, in Wolverhampton, you know, we've faced in just in terms of the arts, we've facing enormous challenges. We've we've got our university art department and under threat. We've just lost one of our arts venues, the lighthouse, which has been a really important kind of artistic hub for a long time. So it's um it's very challenging. So I suppose I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see that turned around. I'd like to make sure that our university, uh, you know, School of Art is kept. <laughs> We'd like to bring our uh, lighthouse back. You know, I'd like to see, you know, being part of an artistic community with, uh, you know, Boundary Way being being involved. I'd like to be able to support local artists and showcase local artists. Um, I think, you know, it's a small town and we've got, I suppose, a lot of um issues and deprivation and lack of funding in the city but there's always there's always a lot of things bubbling under in wolverhampton in terms of creativity and mentioned we've got the writing writers groups we've got this literature festival we've got the art gallery we've got uh, different artistic spaces so i'd like to see that continuing to to thrive despite challenges and I suppose more connected communities as as well. I think what one of the things uh, that, um, that is obviously happening happening nationally is the the warm spaces where community venues are open, opening up for for people to, um, to to go. I don't I don't know how that's going, but for me in my local area. I've only just started to go and use the the local church, which is a warm space where you can go go and have a cup of tea and go and have a hot meal, and it's it's quite a unique way that you know suddenly I can go and see my neighbours. There's not there's not really many many places where people can connect, um, and that's really positive. So I'm hoping that that's something that maybe continues when we we hope that it's not going to entirely necessary forever in terms of us not being able to afford our heating but hope those opportunities for community connection can can grow
0: as well Mm. I think there's there's always so much to learn out of these situations but funding is just everything isn't it like you know an investment and like investment going into I guess seeing creativity and the arts is important. I know that was something that really frustrated me when I was a teacher was literally being a teacher at the time when you could see these these subjects like art and drama and all of that kind of thing just diminishing before your eyes because it just wasn't deemed as important and you could see the funding going and you're literally watching it and going why is this happening why is this not seen as as important as science and maths and you know it doesn't make sense to me yeah yeah it's needed more than ever isn't it, mm, it really it is, is. Uh, yeah so before we finish um can you just tell people where they can find you boundary way project um where they can find out more about what you do and your own work
1: Yeah um, so online we've got the website which is for the Boundary Way site as a whole is boundaryway.co.uk and then through there you can link to the Boundary Way project and there's a hub of information and and films and an archive of projects on there. Um, We're also on Instagram with boundary way project we're on twitter as well and then i'm personally on Instagram as arts and health and the same on uh on twitter as well you can also sign up via our website for a, a seasonal newsletter um where you can get updates on on what we're doing and you can also follow us on event by where we have our our events as they happen oh and facebook I forget facebook <laughs> we're on facebook as well.
0: cool. <laughs> thank you so much this is i honestly i i i'm so inspired by you and your work and not just as someone that also runs a green space group but as a creative and yeah i i'm i really thank you i have so much great gratitude for what you're doing in your community and in and in your space and yeah thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me thank you thank you for your interest in boundary way and uh, as we're talking about these connections this is another
1: brilliant example of how we've uh, you know been able to connect with you so it's really good to meet you and uh, and thank you